Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, boys, men, women, children of all ages, all the way live, hailing from L.A., California, yay, home of the palm trees and chronic leaves, some call it Grand Zilla or Top Chef Tony, I call it the champion they say your mind is a terrible thing to waste They say mine is a terrible team to face On my grind it's unbearable cream to chase I'ma shine though whatever it seem to take They say your mind is a terrible thing to waste They say mine is a terrible team to face On my grind it's unbearable cream to chase I'ma shine, it's about to Little bit of jewelry on, no choke chain though Couple rocks here and there but no rainbow Turn off the lights, it's the same glow as chopper high beam through your room What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Bud Tenders podcast. It is me, of course, Jarrell, and I've got my road dog with me, Rocky. How you feeling today, Rocky? I'm doing really well, Jarrell. Uh, today was a crazy day uh, filled with a, a bunch of wonderful people, but we do have some really special guests with us today. Yeah, buddy. Uh, from Blackbird, or do you guys Blackbird go? I don't know if you all are familiar. I'm pretty sure if you're in... Nevada, unless you're living under a rock, you know what black <laughs> um, And so we have Jamal, or Jamal, sorry, I'm sorry, Jamal and Haley. How are you both? Awesome. I'm good. <laughs> good job on getting both of our names correct. <laughs> <laughs> I did a preemptive before you got on the wire. I was like, it's Haley, right? And they're like, yeah, and, and Jamal was like, yes, it is. I was like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, between both of us, the names are always mistaken. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. So tell us a so little for bit the, about the... No, yeah, right. Tell us a little bit about Blackbird. Jamal, take it away. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Blackbird is a, a distribution and a software company. And so we're licensed distributors in the state of Nevada and in the state of California. And then we are um, not licensed, but like accepted by the state uh, to do home deliveries in the state of Nevada on behalf of retail partners. So like we can't do it ourselves. Um, we only do it for our retail partners. And then our software side is a, a full retail platform. And so it includes um, online menus for online ordering, and then um, like text messaging, loyalty, check-in, and a point of sale. Um, and then we have a whole like wholesale distribution um, infrastructure here in Nevada and California. Um, and so, but we're a third-party transporter, so we don't facilitate sales um, for distribution. We're really, um, we, I don't know, we always compare it to kind of like a FedEx model where you have a portal that you go and put your shipment pieces in and um you know somebody comes and picks it up and takes it away that's kind of um the way that we do it and um yeah that's a blackbird so blackbird go is our marketplace of um of retailers with menus through blackbird and the ones in nevada um a few of the ones in nevada i should say not all of them but uh, um we complete the deliveries to the to customers um, for them, so yeah, that's a lot of people may have gotten deliveries from us or have um, followed us on social media or just heard of Blackbird in in the media. <laughs> in general, yeah. So yeah, when you do place an order, like for the source or whatever, 
Uh, sometimes you will see like the Blackbird uh, logo, but more so on the dispensary side, everything that you do would be behind that uh, Blackbird uh, app, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you guys don't really necessarily have like a fleet of cars or anything like that. It works through the dispensary per se, and they do their own individual deliveries, correct? They just utilize the software in order to kind of maintain all of that? Oh, no, we do. We have our own um, fleet of drivers. And oh, actually, okay. the, the, the majority of our staff are um, um, drivers and warehouse uh, like operations people or folks. And so, um, yeah, it, it, but we do have the software that facilitates it as well. And so okay. it's kind of like a hybrid model. <laughs> gotcha. So basically, does the dispensary have the option on whether to have their own dis deliveries and utilize their software um, and then also like utilize your delivery drivers? Yeah. So a lot of dispensaries um, will have their menus with us or even just an additional menu. Um, through Blackbird Go, just because a lot of um, folks are familiar with us and they've they've had one before, as well as it's easy, you know, to integrate with um, their wholesale and, and the processing on on that end. Um, and so, yeah, people will maintain menus and they can either do you know just pick up or they can do their own delivery um, through other you know processes either in-house or we do have a, a software integration for a third-party transportation um software as well or they can have us uh do this do the deliveries for them so what do you guys actually do with blackbird like what's your titles so i am currently the interim um director of marketing and I was in a position that was the um, diversity, inclusion, and equity outreach manager. Um, and so it's like still um, what I'm doing while I'm also in the interim position. <laughs> I do graphic design for Blackbird and um, kind of like anything content related, both on the marketing team and um, yeah. Janelle and I make up the, the marketing team as a whole, I do social media and, you know, really all sorts of things under that umbrella. And so does he. And yeah. How did you find us? Oh, I was, because I'm on, um, I run the Instagram and I was just kind of looking for, I was, I think I was looking on the uh, Vegas cannabis community, cannabis community hashtag and found you guys and listened to a couple of your podcasts and i was like let's get on yay nice. that's awesome we appreciate it for sure i'm super familiar with the software and what it is that you uh folks do and i think it's um i think it's pretty amazing you guys simplified that situation so very much um because i remember old ways of delivery and that was much chaotic and uh, never ran on time. So you guys also gave a nice little scheduling system there. And uh, it's a blessing, believe me when I tell you. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually really exciting because I've used Blackbird as a consumer. I got to know Blackbird as a consumer before working for them. Um, and so to be, you know, to have the perception of it as um, the delivery service was was one thing, and then getting to learn more and seeing um, just how 
complex the industry, not just Blackbird, but the entire industry is, has been um, an amazing process. And so it, it is really cool to see um, how quickly it has changed from some of the some of the craziness from before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you guys uh, frequent the um, Las Vegas area? Do you guys do deal with the accounts from Las Vegas or is it just strictly Reno or is it all of Blackbird? Because I know that you're out in California as well, right? Am I wrong in that? No. Yeah, so, yeah, we have a, a distribution license out in California. So we have warehouses um, starting in Santa Rosa and then one down in Oakland, another in um, Culver City. And then we're working on another um, in, in further down in um, like the San Diego area. Um, and so, yeah. And then we also, the software is used kind of across the board. And so our work is really spread across all of those um, kind of pieces. But I've been to Vegas a handful of times in the last year, um, mostly for MJ BizCon. Um, and we were supposed to go this year, but unfortunately we're not. Um, I'm, I don't believe that that's, that's what we're doing this year. <laughs> Well, yeah, no doubt, right? Because everything is just, I think people are un, un, under some unrealistic uh, time frames with all that's going on because, like, there's a lot of things that are not happening, right? Yeah. So I was just yeah. talking to someone recently about um, Kushtak. And if you go to the Sahara Event Center page, there's nothing, but it seems like on their end, something's still going on. So it's like, Mm, there's a big disconnect, so I'm not certain, but there's a lot of things that are just canceled, and it's sad because MJ BizCon is super exciting. I'm sure you guys have to be like super excited to go to those events. Yeah, I was scheduled to go to my first one, um, Hall of Flowers, which is not MJ BizCon, but you know my first big cannabis event. I'm new to the to the space, by the way, so it's all you know coming at me fast and I was so excited to go to Hall of Flowers and that was the week that shutdown happened originally and so I walked down oh, and I'm still holding out for hopefully soon we can get out of this and get the events going because I'm just like itching to go to one of these big cannabis events I haven't haven't done anything like it even even the the better ones are the uh, the after parties. Well, right, and then everyone was picking me up the week before I I went. Everyone at Blackbird was like, "Oh, you're gonna have the time of your life. Look out for this guy!" Like you know, giving me all excited, and then <laughs> boom, canceled. Oh yes, the parties for MJ Viscon are epic parties for sure. Now um, I know when the shutdown happened, um, dispensaries in Vegas kind of thrived. Um, like especially with the delivery services, mm. was that the same case for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We had um, over like a six hundred percent increase in our business overnight. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? Though I mean, it's sad, and then it's exciting too because it's like, holy cow! Who knew that the cannabis? I had a feeling, but I had no idea how. And it's not just the delivery part, it's the dispensary parts, it's everything cannabis related kind of took a really big upswing. It was crazy. I thought, you know, because we were kind of wondering how it was going to go. And I was concerned the first couple of weeks of this whole virus that um, people weren't going to be smoking because of the lung thing. And I was proven so wrong. 
Oh yeah. It's like people were like, screw it. Let's buy all the weed we can buy right now because you know, who knows what's going to happen, which was a great, I mean, I acted that way, so I don't know why I expected anybody else wouldn't, but yeah, I certainly act the same way too. (laughs) I I think we all did. I definitely, I definitely stockpiled it quite a bit because I didn't know if everything was going to get shut down and for how long. So hell yeah, I know I did. Did you guys, how fast did you guys, or um, I should ask, did you have to like ramp up your staff and get more cars and things like that? So that was like, you know, the difficult thing about it. And I will say that like, um, neither of us could really speak to these things that specifically. Um, And so Blackbird is part of Tilt Holdings, um, which is a publicly traded company on the California Stock Exchange. Or excuse me, California <laughs> on the Canadian <laughs> Stock Exchange. I knew. <laughs> I like California. I just I, I would that California yeah. state. Um, so yeah, so numbers are like kept very um um you know protected, or, and I can't really speak to them, but um we did have to expand our team, and we also had to expand just like our ability to complete. Uh, you know, the number of deliveries in a day. And so before we were on this model of um, similar to, you know, Postmates, where the order goes into the dispensary, the dispensary, uh, the bud tenders in the dispensary will fulfill the order. And then um, the driver goes and collects the order, goes to the customer's um, address, uh, delivers the order, and then heads back to the dispensary or back to base and when you're working with you know a 600 percent increase there's no way that you can complete those orders in that time frame and you know at the time all of our marketing said that we completed deliveries in two hours or less and i think actually parts of our website still say that um and that just didn't become a real or that wasn't a reality or that wasn't you know a, really an option but at the same time we didn't know what to expect so like if we you know take on additional people then we have to take on additional cars and if this is you know just a, a freak you know hiccup then how do we adjust with from that if we staff up this quickly and then you know it goes back to normal which it did um even below normal now and so below normal from like where anyway sorry <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'll get you. yeah, like you don't know, you don't know how to really project it. And this is my, my, you know, the exciting thing about cannabis, but also the thing that I really struggle with is that there's no models, there's nothing to go off. Yeah, and it's right. constant change. Yeah, yes, it's constant change. Right, yes, I think that all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, I, mean, I think this year has been a huge example of how fast things can change, both in the world, but also in the industry, and just trying to stay on top of your feet, let alone like, you know, it's our goal to constantly try instead of be reactive to everything that's happening, be proactive, but it's so hard to do that when everything's moving really fast. And especially in, you know, a pandemic, it's like hard to navigate at all. (laughs) Right. Right. And really it's, it was, it's super unnatural for us um, because, you know, when did Vegas close? Vegas, I think, has never closed. I think this was the only time that Vegas had ever closed, you know? So, um, 
it was it's too freak of a situation and i feel like everybody just did exactly what you said they panicked and they were like we got to get it but now at this point in time it's been such a relaxing agent there's so many people that are not working still right so it sucks in that capacity but at the same time cannabis has been their comfort right so yeah yeah. And, and it was such at the time it was such a um tough um like a difficult situation i think specifically for blackbird because the state mandated that all cannabis um purchases had to happen through delivery and so now we had these retail partners who were fa- who who you know they were dependent on us for their sales and so if they had to you know have cut employee hours but then we're hiring drivers you know it just doesn't from you know the industry standpoint like we can't do that we can't like start bringing in new people or things like that or consider um different options when there's you know people had to shut their storefronts and they had to like cut their labor in half on the week and and you know it's to your point that people haven't recovered and so it it's such a hard um thing to really understand because it was a such a huge boost to like every other aspect but i think that you know in that aspect we look at it as like the capacity test it was like stress testing um all of the the nevada cannabis industries like capabilities and really what we could in the moment pivot to as an industry to like meet that level of demand almost overnight and I think that, that that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think it, I would oh, for sure. I would not want to be the person who has to make the decision of figuring out like um how many cars, how many extra cars do we need, how many more people do we have to hire? Because like you said, we don't know how long this shit is gonna last. You know, if we they shut it down today, two weeks later, they open everything back up and we just, you know, bought twenty more cars and hired twenty more twenty five people. So like that, I know that had to be tough figuring out, you know, how much do we invest in this this, this expansion because it's only going to be temporary or who knows how temporary it's going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and at the same time, um, a lot of a lot of uh, dispensaries had to take that chance and, and took on their own teams. And so what does that mean when things do return to a different level? And, you know, from I can speak from experience and I think a lot of people in in retail in general know that direct to consumer as a model is very expensive and so for the structure of like the retailers in the cannabis industry in Nevada I think it becomes unsustainable for some of them and some of them it isn't it just wasn't like maybe in the plan or like in you know the the um, best like use of the resources right now and that's where that decision came in. But for a lot, like, then they're stuck with these cars and, and you know, now they're having to run a delivery service on top of their business. And, you know, I, and I don't, I can't speak to specific examples um, because I don't, I don't know enough. Um, but, you know, I just think it, it was a lot of tough decisions. And, um, yeah, that was one of the roughest months, <laughs> 10 hour days of just like, phone calls of exactly you know chewing through these things yeah, it had to be tough well no i know at the height of things it uh to immediately react was not going to happen 
that would be a fallacy in anybody's mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, because the response was overwhelming and nobody was prepared for it. So really in all honesty, I think with the time frame allotted when I used to do, when I was doing delivery, um, I would reach a customer and they were immediately upset because we were maybe four or five hours late. And, you know, you have to, I would tell people, you know, you just have to think about it. And it's, it's the reality of it is nobody was prepared yeah. for this. Right. Sitting at home from, you know, your $160,000 a year job. And I'm sure you're sweating balls right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, it, but at the same time you're dealing with unrealistic you know uh demands right. they're not that we can't, we can't meet right now at this very moment in time we're going to try though we're going to do our damnedest and i really feel um kudos to vegas in general yeah on all yeah delivery because i feel like we fucking nailed it 100 <laughs> percent, no doubt about it and i feel like um I'm definitely glad to speak to you guys about it because, you know, I'm sure you're, you know, people who had stock in your company were like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a, it, it was such a crazy experience too, because, you know, we are fielding because, you know, our department is doing all of the different facets of Blackbird. So we are like very right. mindful of, the investors who are, you know, pleased and, and trying to understand how we um, grow from this, how we take this opportunity to um, kind of show some more of who Blackbird is, while also being mindful that this is a pandemic, that this is not something, there are people who are losing their jobs and that yeah. this is a very serious moment. And, and the cannabis industry in general um, took Nevada, you know, um, it carried Nevada through that that month at least um in a lot of different ways with with yeah and so you know I think I think if anything again it, it shows the capacity of what this industry in Nevada is capable of and, and really where where we can be um you know it, just with with more kind of growth but it's also crazy to me to think of my own actions like I people stocking up on toilet paper and my first thought was like i should buy more weed yep. <laughs> right i didn't yeah. hesitate and then like yeah the following weekend it was like they we had to extend our wait times because so many people were stocking up and that was even before the shutdown oh my god right i mean i think that that's what made that very um zombie apocalyptic to me was <laughs> like how Reacting over toilet paper, and I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know. I was, I was more afraid of the people buying toilet paper in like mass quantities than I was generally afraid of like most people in Vegas that have committed crimes. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> looking right is dangerous. Right. There was some <laughs> like Karen in every grocery store around the United States. People that each other up for toilet paper. <laughs> Definitely find me in the line on blackbirdgoat.com trying to like beat everyone else out of the line for weed versus like. <laughs> oh my gosh, so yeah, true. I, was definitely, I stocked up. I was like, shit, should I use all my reward points at all the dispensaries I go to? Like, I don't know what those are going to waste. <laughs> That's a really good point. Did you cash out? Did you do it? Absolutely. 
<laughs> I'm jealous that you have reward points. None of the, or I shouldn't say none, but majority of the dispensaries up here um, don't have their loyalty programs. Really? So let's talk about the dispensaries out there. Um, are the, do you guys have like, like go-to dispensaries that are better than others, do you think? Well, I feel nervous talking about dispensaries because, um, like I said, I am kind of new and I definitely don't have any insights on like dispensaries, oh. you know, but like I'll tell you, before I started working at Blackbird, I went to one dispensary specifically because my friend was the manager there and I felt confident knowing that if I went there, she was going to be my bud tender and like really help me out and probably try and hook it up in whatever way she could. So that was the reason why I went to there and that was Mint in Reno. But then when I got a job at Blackbird, everyone was giving me recommendations about where to go, what to get from which dispensary. And I don't ever go to a dispensary anymore because Blackbird delivers. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm, you know, also I'm trying to support my, you know, my own job. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of switch it up and go from dispensary to dispensary, depending on what products they have on their menu now. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to have a variety. I think everything changes and, you know, we, if we're going to look for our favorites on sale, you have to, like, shop around. Yeah. 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 I, I will say that they a lot of the – or most of the dispensaries do have loyalty, um, but they don't have it through Blackbird. <laughs> yeah, they could, but <laughs> – no. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like, I think I <laughs> – um a dispensary that one of my friends worked at and so it was just like more comfortable to go there and then that when I started working at Blackbird I like learned about you know kind of branching out because I was just like at the time I was broke it was part of it <laughs> and then I also was like not very sophisticated in my approach, I think, to consume <laughs> cannabis. And so I was like, I don't know, bring me the flower that's like cheap. <laughs> that's all I needed. <laughs> right. so, you know, as I like got a little older, more <laughs> spent money, then uh, I, yeah, branched out. And uh, now I'm the same way as, as Haley, but I'm a loyalist. So like, you know, it could be one person um, I don't know. Just I would order it through Blackbird over anything else, basically. So, right, of course. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna check that right off. Yeah. No, but I mean, honestly, if, if I'm at home and there's um, a really good deal, I never go to the dispensary. That makes no sense to me. I spend well over seventy five dollars most of the time. Um, so deliver or even over a hundred whatever the the cap is nine times out of ten i'm gonna definitely hit that for the free delivery so um yeah i never ever go to physically go to the dispensary and it doesn't you know no access to the dispensaries y'all we love you know we love dispensaries but as people that work in the industry it's just so much easier because you know we're not waiting in lines and stuff yeah i think like when you know what you want it like it kind of facilitates a little bit better. I think a lot of people who may be new to cannabis or may not be, um, I don't know, maybe comfortable with with knowing what they want. They want a little bit more of that guidance, a little bit more of the um, one on one with a bud tender. 
but I, I don't know, you know, how common that is, especially I just read a statistic this week that um, 65% of cannabis consumers in this market research identify as daily users. And it's hard for me to imagine a daily user, one, going into a dispensary every single day, and two, spending that much time at the dispensary. Like, I don't know. And maybe that's just me making assumptions on how I am, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel that. I used to like going to the dispensary specifically to have the conversations and learn a lot more. Back when I was just like, I like to smoke weed and I don't know, I don't really care what it is. Just give me something that makes me feel good. <laughs> or I'd be like, I'm going to a concert and I want to like vibe out. You know, I would find these specific requests, but now I like have the strains that I know I like and I kind of stick to. And so it's like, yeah, I don't need to go in and have that conversation unless I'm feeling like, thirsty for a friendship <laughs> so, right were you guys um butt tenders like in medical no i started off the first dispensary i worked at was um it was medical and rec so yeah i was always you know just recreational i never worked just medical same here okay see i wonder if that how that experience changes because i have always felt like my experience in a dispensary like I just don't have enough time as much time as I want to like spend with the bud tender and I wonder because I've I haven't worked in uh as a bud tender but I've worked in a lot of customer service um and I always wonder how much it feels like that on the other side like do you feel rushed um and how that has changed like from medical to rec well from the people I talked to that worked in medical um they said it was definitely more of a uh, like a personal connection with the customer because it was it was very limited. You know, it wasn't that many people there, so you saw the same people every day or every every other few days or whatnot. So, but now it's um, almost any anybody can come through as long as you're 21 or over. So it's not it's not as personal. Most people are there just to have fun, not for, you know, medicinal purposes. So it's definitely, it's a little different. Um, but for me personally, I don't feel rushed at all. I take as much time as the customers need or want. So what about you, Rocky? Um, <clears throat> I come from a real heavy retail background. So there is that little part of me that feels like, um, not, I'm not a turn and burn person. I take my time with my customers as long as, as much as they actually need, but I like to make sure I curtail that situation so that we're not spending way too much time on, you know, fluff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like unnecessary stuff or, you know, trying to make them feel comfortable right away. So for me, it's a little bit of both. Like I feel you have since you know I work in in a very busy environment. Uh, you have to have a little bit more speed, but you also have to be able to fulfill what the customers need at the same time. Right. So you have to be able to curtail that situation a little bit more. You can't just be like, oh, let me find out which one of these have limonene. Right. No, you just have to know. Right. You know what I mean? You just have to be like, this does, this does, this does. You know, what is it that you want to feel? And so that you can like curtail that because it's exactly what you said, Haley, like, I just want to feel like chill and, and I just try to fulfill that 
as much as I possibly can for that person. Yeah. You know, what I'm feeling, you know, any kind of anxiety or, you know, stress. Yeah. So do you feel like, and I don't know, because I, I, like I said, I haven't worked in a dispensary, but are there the tools provided for like teaching that? Or is it basically like, you know, this from your retail experience and you do that and you teach that if you, I don't know if you are like in management and you like manage that, but is that something that like, you know, there's trainings. I, I'm, I mean, I know there's dispensary trainings, but like, um, we, I don't know. Yeah, when we first get hired, they about a week or two training, and they give us the basics. And from there, it's kind of up to you to expand your knowledge because that's going to make you a better butt tender. Yeah. So they give you the, 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 the groundwork, like, and they tell you, hey, you need to learn your terpenes. You need to learn about extracts, this, 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 and that. And it's up to you to, to, you know, to, to expand your knowledge. And every time we get, I'm not saying every time, but before the shutdown, when we would get new products in, that company would send out a rep and they would do a training to all the butt mm. tenders to explain that product. Mm. Um, every now and again, we would get samples to try it out as well. So it was constant training, learning about new things. And just being natural connoisseurs and just in love with the plant, we kind of just, you know, want to learn more on our own. So we're constantly researching, finding new things about it. Not only that, but we lean on each other, too. Like what we don't know, somebody always has more knowledge on something. Right. But cannabis is consistently learning. And if you you want to make good money, honestly, being a bud tender, you have to be able to be well-versed. So that's completely up to the bud tender. Right. You know what I mean? You could be a good bud tender or you can be a real kick-ass bud tender that knows their shit and, you know, doesn't waste people's time with fluff and all that bullshit. We just cut right to the meat and the potatoes. That way people feel comfortable and they're happy about their purchase. That's thing for me that's real important. I don't like people to be on the fence. You have to be super happy with that purchase you're about to make. Yeah. So building an experience too for that person right. as well. Yeah, but this retail for so long that that part of it, that part is the retail part. Yeah. For years. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a there is a big difference between being a bartender and just somebody who sells weed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely people that work in a dispensary that's just there selling weed, and then you have your bartenders who's there to help the customer get what they need yeah right yeah so i i think like so something that we've struggled with at at blackbird is like the the career development aspect and i was listening to one of your other episodes i can't remember um which one it was but one of the bud tenders brought that up that you know there wasn't maybe the resources and she felt like she fell behind um on learning about products because of focusing on you know other tasks and things and so that rem- that really resonated because I feel like a lot of the times you know in my own development I've had to like seek that out and I know you know from my own experience that um, people who will seek that out and people who can develop a structure for themselves to seek that out uh, that's a privilege to be able to do that in any capacity. And so for people who can't, but are still just as, as able and, you know, tooled to, to, you know, do the job, how do we like develop, how do we provide tools 
um, or create tools, you know, as an industry to develop people um, and to help people in their own development, I mean. Well, I think uh, it would, I think it's really important that people, I mean, in the retail industry, people seek the help of people in the retail industry to help develop them. They have, you know, um, big companies that come out and they help them with their numbers and help them understand and explain and they can feed off of each other. You, there was a, there's a systematic way of doing things. I feel like that's where my disconnect with me is on the cannabis front because I feel like um, the numbers game is a very hidden, you know, behind the curtains, you know, Wizard of Oz type of thing. Yeah. Where when you worked in retail it was really up there, you know what I mean? Right. Numbers, it was a numbers game, you know. So I feel like I feel like development is something that's key. And even if you're busy, you have to find ways and means to develop people. And I feel like that's where in this industry we fall short. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a there's a huge focus on making that money. And right now we're real busy. So to continue developing an employee is very important. And I feel like that falls short. You know, people they get in the industry and then they're like, You're a butt tender now, good job. You made it. Right. And then you don't right. see anybody after that. You just continue being a bud tender that whole time. I mean, yes, you have developments and trainings and shit in between, but the, it, there's always that personal development, you know, in retail where you were like, okay, so you're not reaching your numbers and this is the reason why. Cause there was something organic there and people could talk to you about that method. And I feel like for me, that's my only disconnect. And I feel like that happens to lead to a lot of turnover in the industry. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. honestly, I don't think there's any incentive for like dispensaries or other cannabis companies to develop their employees because um, they're, I don't want to say they're making money, you know, like hand over fist, but the, the cash is flowing. So what, what do they get out of developing these like butt tenders into something else? You know what I mean? So I, I just feel like the people that kind of make it in the industry is because like they wanted to, not because they're being developed by these companies or dispensaries. Mm -hmm. And um like that 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 is a void in this industry. I think there should be more focus on development and um, you know, you know personal growth. Right. Right. I don't know. Right. Like to me, I just see bud tenders and delivery drivers and people who are interacting with like customers every single day as like the, the front line and the face of, of the industry and like we're still so um, small in the sense that the big wigs of retail and direct-to-consumer have not arrived yet. And there's a whole online experience that's like waiting for people um, that's like underdeveloped. And so, you know, if people are just not treated and that isn't the focus, like if it doesn't, I don't know, because my whole experience is from working at Bath & Body Works and it's a very like rigid you know, traditional retail within limited brands and like you're on a two hour segment that's number driven. You have to have a specific conversion, you know, a, a right. goal overall day, you know, the week and, and all of the, you know, associates can speak to those numbers as well. And like, that's a collective buy-in, you know, for the yes. goal. Yeah. 
And Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there has to be a collective buy-in because if there's not a collective buy-in, there's no feeling of where am I going? Right. There is, there's actually, you know, this is where this is going to lead. Not There's going to be some, you know, other positions popping up randomly. You know what I mean? People have to know they're being developed to something. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, um, if that part of things was a little bit more harnessed, I think, oh, my goodness, what this industry could be um, a quite a boomer. Definitely. <laughs> Especially because yeah. people involved in this industry um, then get to decide, you know, the business aspect. Like I damn near got an MBA working under a woman who didn't have a college degree at Bath and Body Works because she understood segments and like understood the customer experience and how you know, brand merchandising affected the customer experience and how to upsell, how to get customer emails because, you know, she made me understand how the email connected to the coupon to keep them coming back, et cetera. Like, and I don't know how much of that kind of education happens in dispensaries. And I don't know because then you're just not, you're using people for their weird, their weed knowledge and you're not providing them in return access to a career that can get them, you know, stability and the things that we don't have access to through college education or many people don't have access to through it. Man, exactly. I'm about to say you are offered because you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's 100% true. And I feel this way 100%. And I'm glad that I spoke to you about it because I'm like, it is, it's, it, for me, I feel like that's only the part that's a disconnect because it's not just one portion of the cannabis industry, it's all of it. Like there's the, the employee turnover is huge everywhere. You know what I mean? And it's because that personal touch is very important and people have to know what the buy-in is and people have to feel like there's a goal because everybody has a goal they want to get to. They want to make a career decision in their life and hopefully it's in the cannabis industry and hopefully it's with your dispensary or, you know, with, you know, any company that you work for. So you want to build that excitement. And I feel like that excitement's so important. And so to answer your question, I think we went on to like the hugest tangents. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, I feel like it's important because I'm glad that you said it. And I feel like it's important that people understand that this is, can, this is just even more so we're, we're still in our infancy like Joel. I mean, Jarrell says all the time, Jarrell is like, we're in our infancy, you know what I mean? And it's still true. I feel like there's a lot more for this industry to grow, you know? Yeah. Hey, sorry, I interrupted you earlier. I just, I um, wanted to jump in because I'm someone with no retail background experience to, I mean, at least not to the level that you guys currently have. Um, but I'm curious, like, do you think that the reason that infrastructure of growth or the career growth paths aren't there in the industry is just because of the infancy that you're talking about, like, do you think it's just because it's a new industry still, or do we think that there's like something else that's missing that, you know, it's like, I don't, I want to know more about why that's not there. Um, I want to say, I will, I hope that's the reason because it's just so new. They don't know how to do it yet. Um, I hope they're just not behind the scenes saying, fuck them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but well, for sure. Yeah, something I, I was wondering is like, know. is it maybe something along the lines of like, because it's such a new career, the pathway isn't set for like what the road even is? So, honestly, is that- uh, 
okay, this might not be very popular um, for <laughs> stakeholders, but I just think we're still in kind of a floodgates moment where we just open things and we're trying to understand all of the pieces at play. And so I don't think there's been really the realization, one, of what the market capacity is, and two, all of the kind of links that need to be brought together in order to meet that market capacity. And I think you then throw in, you know, the way that things happen have grown since 2018 with several mergers and large kind of corporate structures, you know, that are now becoming um, more connected to the assets that they they inherently purchased um but i think that there in in that gap lies a whole lot of people wearing a whole lot of different hats and so if you don't have that experience like the only reason that i know and i can identify those things is because of this manager that i had at bath and body works who was like um a very good leader and and taught me you know how these things come together and that's you know, what I have seen in conversations that I've had with bud tenders in everywhere. And I've traveled and every time I travel, I try to like go to a dispensary and talk about the industry. Um, and there's like always a mix. You have people who are like industry fanatics who they moved, you know, from somewhere out of state to come and work in the industry and they're really excited. And then you have people who are like just in the area. And so like there has to be a way that, you know, professionalizes the industry by giving both of those people an equal playing field and like giving them the tools to work together to like create a retail experience. And I think like, I don't know, retailers at this point are not really focused on the cus the customer experience in, in a lot of ways because, you know, they're, they got so many people coming through the door that I think it's not, you know, yes, there's a focus on making each um, customer's, you know, individual experience, but I think overall understanding the customer, who they are, why they come, when, etc., and trying to speak to that, I don't think that that's a huge focus for retailers at this point. Right. 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 And I think that that's something that needs to be a focal point at some point. So if you're out there and you're listening... <laughs> And you're building your own little empire out there, winky wink. Um, think about that because it's very important. It's it's important to for people to understand how a company works. You know what I mean? What's best for the company? Because honestly, you want to squeeze as much of uh, the juice out of that grape as you possibly can, right? So um, why wouldn't you tell somebody your best marginal items are the ones you should be selling? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's something that will help you grow exponentially, actually, because, you know, yeah, you have all these other products and stuff like that. But, hey, if somebody's stuck in the middle and they don't know what to get a customer, hey, the fail safe is always what we sell. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we've spent money and development time and energy into all of this stuff. So we want to be able to utilize it in the best ways possible. So I feel like that there's always um, room for improvement. But I, to piggyback on that, I feel like, you know, to give people more growth, for people to feel more buy-in, we have to have that. Yeah. It's important to have some structure. And right. something I think, yeah, so, something that I like think 
I would really like to see that I haven't seen. And maybe if it exists, I just haven't like done it. And I'm, as I'm saying that I'm thinking of a few examples, but like, I feel like no, there hasn't been one um, huge disruption in the cannabis, like purchasing experience and that we're still kind of like shifting to the regulations. And so there hasn't been a creation of like a unique experience that's focused on the experience itself versus like trying to change medical to facilitate um, recreational, but then to, you know, include delivery now and online, it just is like creating all of these different experiences across the board. And I think that that is a weakness that's like, you know, one shining a light on what we were talking about, but also this huge opportunity to be creative then. Like, what does this look like for us? How do we order weed in the future? Like, what does it mean to buy weed very normally, you know, like out in the open? Right, right. And how is that beneficial for everybody involved from top to bottom? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that's ab- absolutely something that needs to get out there in the atmosphere. I feel like that's something um, more conversations that should be had. And I feel um, a lot of times we hide from those conversations because you don't want to like rock boats or anything like that. But if it's beneficial and it makes a company more money, why not? That's the way I feel. I mean, I think any company would feel the same way about that. Yeah. And I think since it is a, a brand new industry, even though they might not know which path to take, they have an opportunity to create a lot of new paths and do their own thing and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to give other people opportunities to do shit or try shit um, because it's so new. So who like nobody knows what's going to happen or what's going to work and what won't work. So um, I, f- I think that's, um, yeah, it's more of an opportunity, it, you know, this being such a, a, a brand new industry. Yeah. Right. I think multi-channels are very important. You know what I mean? Like having delivery, having pickup, having dispensary, working all as a team. I think that's beneficial. Um, You know, how that infrastructure works and how it's fine-tuned, that's, you know, who knows what happens there. But hopefully um, we learn and grow from the experiences we've had especially through this big ass crisis, <laughs> you guys have made a va- very valid point. Um, and man, it's been super engaging. This has been a most incredible conversation for sure. Oh, you guys killed it. Thank you. Yes, for sure. Do you guys have any questions? I said, I'm learning so much. And that was like a really cool experience for me to hear you guys talk about the retail side because it's just, born to me so i i feel like i got something out of this for sure right hopefully what we said wasn't super boring but at the (laughs) okay cool cool yeah so like we we do with all of our guests um we like to ask you guys what you've been smoking on Yeah, what you guys been 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 smoking on the last few days oh boy what an assortment so my collection has expanded quite you know, quite well lately. I've just been finding new things to try and trying them all. So I don't really have like one go-to thing, but um, I've been really loving the Sunday driver strain for quarantine. That's been like my main go-to. Right now I'm smoking that with a mixture of 
God knows what out of my bong. <laughs> oh, I, I love Sunday Driver. Sunday Driver is my new favorite. I can't get enough of it, but it's hard to find in Reno. So next time I find it, I'm going to buy everything I can. <laughs> nice. Do you smoke more uh, flour or concentrates, edibles, vegetables? Wow. What's, your, what's your thing? Flour for sure. And I became a big bong girl over quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> a big bong girl. <laughs> big bong girl now. <laughs> I love that. That's a triple B. <laughs> <laughs> I what about you, my man? What you been smoking on lately? Um, I have been smoking. See, this is the hard thing. I just buy like an ounce at a time and then throw it all in the jar and forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay what's, the, what's the last ounce you bought? Um, I think it was it was from Serene. I want to say wedding cake, but I can't be positive. <laughs> okay. And you, you're more of a flower guy? Yeah, more. I like um, flower and I do like edibles. I like vape, but for some reason, it triggers asthma for me. It triggers oh. asthma. Like, I can smoke just fine, but I can't vape. <laughs> That's the exact same thing I have. <laughs> I you. What you been smoking on, Rocky? Um... I've actually been smoking on some Sin City Zotics, but um, I still do have uh, Remedy Bio-Jesus. Nice. Oh, I just love Bio-Jesus. It's so good. That's like a three-pound hammer to the face. <laughs> Pam. <laughs> oh, Haley, what was, what was the, um, the pre-rolls you were smoking last week? What were the? Oh, the Huxton pre-rolls. The Zen rolls. What? Yeah, have you guys heard of Huxton? Huxton, her no. new favorite best friend on in the weed world. Um, no, they make these blended pre rolls that are really awesome, and they sell in Nevada now. They're probably all over Vegas, but yeah, that's what I was smoking on all last week. Yeah, so so they made like three different uh, vibes and they're blends of different cannabis um, strains, but they're like trying to focus more on the feeling versus, you know, indica sativa hybrid. And yeah, they're like in Arizona, Washington and Nevada. But yeah, they are in I know they're in Oasis, um, but I'm not sure where else. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Do I mean the Oasis here in Las Vegas? Do you know if they carry any of those products? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so okay, cool. And we spoke with the guy, and it, yeah, it was just a really cool kind of approach because I think that you know that is always kind of a hang up for people. They get kind of feeling weird, I'm sure. You know, as button tenders, you guys know better than I do about um, getting caught up on those words over really knowing what they're asking. So it's a cool approach to kind of like refocus it, yeah. At the dispensaries there, do they utilize terpenes, profiles, and things of that nature? I think, yeah, they. I, I think you kind of have to. In my experience, you have to kind of show that you know the lingo for to get it out of people. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never had a conversation about terpenes with a bartender, but I think that I I never brought it up myself. So is that something that bud tenders should be bringing up on their own? Kind well, of, I think it's yeah. 
Yeah. But I can also imagine, yeah, if someone doesn't know what it is and they're like, do you want lime meme? They're probably like baffled by that. <laughs> I, well, love I, I love when I go through, I go through yeah. a process because you never want to sound like an asshole, right? Yeah. You never want to be, be like, you know, this is a lot of limonene. You know what that is, right? No. <laughs> I fucking know what that is. Um, but what I do normally is like I kind of like work people into that conversation, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so there's these things called terpenes. It's going to blow your mind just a little bit. <laughs> it kind of dictates how you feel. And then people get really into it because you say it's going to kind of dictate how you feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they listen, but I'm like, it, I try to break it down to a really quick science, nothing hard for them to overthink, but I'm like, the larger the numbers on these two items, if especially if they're looking for a good sativa, right? Yeah. I'll be like, the higher the number on these two terpenes, the better for you. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, okay. And nine times out of 10, you get people that come back and they're like, this shit was awesome. Yeah. And that's become a really good butt tender. I love it. Rocky, I would buy anything from you. I would buy absolutely anything from you. So. Listen. Yay. We're sold. <laughs> that's what's up. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on. Um, Anytime you got anything to talk about, give us a call. We'll have you on. Yeah. Uh, no hesitation. Open invitation. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. I'm. It's been cool talking to you guys. Let's make this a volume one, and then we'll catch up volume two, <laughs> just like a Haley, uh, Jamel, like you know, edition. You know, like the How and Jamel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like that. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> That'd be dope. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So if anybody wanted to contact you folks, if they have any, like if somebody was like, yeah, I want to make an order online, blah, 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 blah. What do they have to do? Great question. Okay. So blackbirdgo.com is the marketplace website and it just takes about 30 seconds to sign up and make an account, but you can just go in and shop your city right away. And you can even order without fully signing up. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe I should take that back. <laughs> hey. Yeah, sign up. Sign up. Blackbirdgo.com. Get your weed there. If you want to find us on social media, it's blackbirdgo. Um, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I don't know if you guys want to turn, you know, give your own personal uh, shout outs of Instagram, but if you do, feel free to do so. Sweet. Um, yeah. You Any. Find me at Harry Hoff, H A Y R D E Hoff. <laughs> I love it. Um, you can find me. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to shout out Hoff Goods. Well, it's embarrassing to do more than one, but yeah, that, that works I think too. you should. <laughs> okay, you, my other Instagram is Hoff Goods. That's where my art is. Um. Oh, I want to see that for sure. So Haley is an extremely talented designer and is a wonderful artist. And she recently designed, so Hoff Goods is where she sells t-shirts that she um, designs and other items. But she recently also designed a shirt for Blackbird um, that benefits the Last Prisoner Project. 
So uh, Last Prisoner Project is a nonprofit that works for record sealing and expungement. And their goal is to get everybody who is in prison for cannabis out of jail and help them get their lives back. And so you can go online to Blackbird Go and buy a shirt and the profits from it go to support Last Prisoner Project. So check out Haley's art and support a good cause at the same time. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much for that plug. That was Thank you. Smell was like, fuck it. If you ain't gonna plug your shit, I'll <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna definitely hop on there. I'm getting a shirt tonight. Sweet. Sure. Thank you. Um, and then uh, people can find me at True Gay Icon. Um, T R U E Gay Icon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any shirts for sale, but I um, post a lot of pictures of me making the same face. So. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going on that right now. <laughs> I love that it. Was a really yes. For yourself. I love Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. As always, you can always find us at iHighBudTenders on all social media. That's at iHighBudTenders. I don't know what the hell I said. Like there was some high mess that was going on. <laughs> Um, you can also go on our website, www.highbuttenders.com. If you have any questions or if you have any feedback about the episode, please feel free to send us an email. We'll be happy to get back to you ASAP. Uh, and uh, hey, for everybody else out there, as always, stay high, Bud Tenders.